Welcome to Awario Marketing Talk, a podcast where we uncover digital marketing secrets. Uh, my name is Andrew Jenkins. I have a company called Volterra. We specialize in outsourced social media management and social media strategy uh, and uh, have been running Volterra for 14 plus years. I teach social media strategy at the University of Toronto uh, and uh, I have just authored a book called Social Media Marketing for Business, Scaling Social Media Across Your Organization. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to someone who has so, so much experience about this topic. And my first question is, um about the current state of social media so we collaborated with Volterra you know on a case study a couple of years ago and I think that social media landscape has changed quite a bit since then what are the services that brands and businesses need nowadays the most from social media agencies what kind of social media direction they choose Well, uh, the first thing is the rise of video uh, and just richer media, um, you know, whether it's through an agency or it's the organization uh, themselves, they've got to focus on having more, more rich media to, that's more visually engaging and as well, um, getting away from the one and done. Like I wrote a blog, uh, we shared it in social and then we move on to the next one. Well, we did a podcast and we shared it. We did a, a, a YouTube interview, what have you. Squeeze as much juice from the lemon as possible. So if you go to the trouble of, uh, so we're recording this on Zoom right now. So if you go to the trouble of, of creating this core asset is, you know, ask yourself what can be done with that core asset. So I'll have the master file, which is the full episode, if you want to call it that. But then I can parse it into more snackable video, more snackable audio clips, uh, you know, some teaser content um, to basically introduce people to the, to, you know, in a short 30 second minute, minute and a half kind of clip that I can distribute across a variety of social channels and then give them the option to watch or listen to the full episode. I can transcribe the episode and turn that into a blog. If there were, you know, if the discussion was about, you know, five tools for you know b2b marketing or whatever then that could be a listicle that could become an infographic and suddenly you know this the foundational asset that was the the interview by whatever format suddenly becomes you know six twelve different pieces of content uh and i didn't have to make six or twelve distinct pieces of content i'm building from something Uh, so I'm working smarter rather than harder. Is it still work? Absolutely. But if this makes it easier for uh, companies and agencies to get into or, or stay competitive in the content marketing game, then that would be the recommended approach. Uh, and as much as, you know, blogging is an integral part, uh, you know, it's changed. You know, people are not reading blogs as much as they used to. Now there's AI tools that will read the blog for you in a lovely, you know, British accent, if you want that. Um, but again, it's, uh, it's not only rich media, but it's also addressing the uh, consumption preferences. Some people want to read it. Some people want to listen to it. And there are AI tools that will turn a blog into a video and it'll present the text to you in an animated way. So lots of options. Uh, so, speaking about reading, of course, I have to ask you about your book. Uh, 
mm-hmm. especially if you say that people don't read as much as they used to maybe nowadays. Why did you decide to write uh, the book? Why did you decide that uh, your knowledge and experience will be shared best in this format, in this way? Well, the the, uh, the writing of the book, albeit challenging, uh, was made easier by the fact that there uh, many of the things uh, discussed in the book I had written about uh, or given present- you know, presentations about or been interviewed about, etc. So a lot of, you know, I had a lot of stuff in my head uh, or, uh, you know, you mentioned the, the case study that we'd done, uh, worked on together in the past. I mean, that uh, could be incorporated. I could add or update, not the results of the case study, but I could speak to things, uh, what's transpired since the case study, as we were talking about just a moment ago. What inspired the book was there, there are you know, quite a few social media marketing books uh, available. And my book does speak to social media marketing. However, there aren't very many books. Um, in fact, um, the, the book that we use as a text for uh, the course that I teach at U of T is nearly a decade old. It's, it's still relevant to a degree, um, but I thought there was an opportunity to, to provide something updated. And um, where I saw the gap was, like I said, lots of books on social media marketing, but there are not many books for someone who finds themselves in a social media role in a mid to larger organization, or even for agencies that, have, that are supporting uh, mid to larger uh, uh, organizations on their social media strategy to understand the dynamics of a larger enterprise, developing a social media policy, internal stakeholder management, uh, workflow, content planning across teams, business units, etc., and all the many complexities that come with a larger organization. It's not the sexiest part of social media or the you know the the, the cool you know uh, parts. However, it's necessary. So the book is is intended to be a bit of a, a handbook, somewhat prescriptive, or kind of a you know step by step, or, or a lot of um, information for consideration. Like you may find yourself in this situation. Here are some things that you may want to consider. I'm not I'm not here to say you know uh, that there are absolute right answers because everyone's situation will be different. But the main thing is is that to give uh, the reader a sense that. Oh, this sounds like the situation I'm dealing with, and here's what you know. Here's some options for consideration, that kind of thing. So, yes, like I said, there's still marketing uh, elements to it, but uh, hopefully, it gives them a sense of, oh, this is how I would work with legal or HR or compliance if I'm in a regulated industry like financial services or pharma uh, or healthcare, um, which has its you know it has its specific nuances or complexities that some other industries like. Uh, consumer packaged goods uh, or company doesn't have to deal with. So, And it's not just my experience. I mean, I've been teaching my course at the University of Toronto for eight years. Uh, and and uh, before that, I was you know the head of social media for the Royal Bank of Canada, one of our largest banks. And um, but in the eight years that I've been teaching all of my students, it, it, the, the course I teach is in the School of Continuing Studies. So all of my students are working professionals that many or the majority are coming from larger organizations like banks, pharmaceutical companies, insurance, healthcare, etc. And I, you know, I hear from them directly about the challenges they face. 
And like I was saying, it's not the cool part of social necessarily all the time. Yes, you get the fun part of, of creating content strategies and seeing campaigns succeed and so on. All that's part of it. But a lot of the time and energy is taken up with just stakeholder management, um, making sure that policies are being uh, properly developed, properly adhered to. Um, you know, sadly, sometimes you have to deal with HR when someone's done something in social that they shouldn't have. Um, it's it's not talked about much, but there's a lot of time and energy devoted to, I'll call it policy and procedure that supports the execution of the social media strategy. Uh, so your book starts with this story of you setting up a Twitter account for mm -hmm. the first time. And you say that you made a typo in your right. very first tweet. And then your second tweet was about the typo. And then you got a reply from your friends telling you just to relax and take it as it goes. And I wonder in 2022, after so many things happened, after social media developed in such an amazing way, what's like the number one rule, the best rule for social media, for accounts on social media? What should they focus on? It's something uh, it's easily said. But um, this idea of being human, uh, to say, uh, like, you'll see all these social media pundits say, oh, you, we need to be more human and social. It's something easy to say, but it's hard to do. And sometimes I'll say to people that are in a, you know, a large organization, maybe a little more corporate, a little more serious and sort of you know, buttoned down, as they say. And I'll ask them something as simple as, would you be allowed to say good morning on a Monday morning uh, on your corporate account? pretty innocuous kind of comment and oftentimes you get this like oh um hmm and they're just not accustomed to thinking oh i can put some some humanity or i can infuse some humanity into the social channels and the other thing is to think about there are people behind those social accounts we forget the fact that my relationship with the corporation is usually through people It's not this you know, static or inert thing that is this company or organization that I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with one or more people within it. And so this goes to the, I, the concept of employee advocacy. If I you know, foster a culture that enables my employees to be more social on behalf of my organization and to be you know, human, and the other you know, often sometimes overused phrase is transparent. Um, so you need to be prepared if you're going to operate in social that you may uh, be called out and judged by your corporate behavior. So you need to be prepared for that. And so if I can empower my employees to be more human on our behalf, uh, you know, within, within reason, I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, telling inappropriate jokes or sharing, you know, like edgy content that, you know, could be mis potentially misinterpreted, but something as basic as, you know, like, TGIF, thank God it's Friday, or, you know, happy, you know, you know, motivation Monday, or Wednesday's hump day, like, many of us are all facing the same situations. And so if we can acknowledge that we're human, we're experiencing many of the same things. Uh, and, you know, we can make it easier and better for each other to get through the week through our content, then all the better. But there are many people within, you know, the realms of leadership that are like, nope, we We, we push out our corporate messages. It's a one-way, uh, it's not even a conversation. It's just one-way broadcast. We just keep pushing, 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 and we hope people respond. And then I, th I, th I think, well, there, you know, uh, there seems to be a point being missed. 
there. Um, the, rather, you know, if it's called social media, and we're not being social enough. We're certainly pushing media out, but we're not being social enough, or as social as we could be as as brands. Yeah, exactly. I think many companies do this uh, broadcasting strategy when they use uh, social media just kind of as a loudspeaker. And I know that Volterra masters social media engagements on many channels. And I wanted uh, to ask you, are there any tips except for this being human uh, thing, which you already mentioned, for brands to like improve their social media and encourage this uh, social media engagement from their followers or their target audience? Well, I think it sort of goes back to what we touched on a little bit earlier, but getting more value out of every piece of content, but also uh, part of that is this idea of don't just look at social as checking a box. What I mean by that is we wrote a blog, we published it. We created a YouTube episode and we put it up on YouTube. We shared it once on Twitter or or we just, we notified uh, our subscribers. The new episode is up and we move on to the next episode. And, you know, we checked a box. We, okay, that's, you know, that was our assignment this week or this month or whatever. And then we move on to the next assignment. Meanwhile, what are you doing to keep that piece of content in rotation? If it's still evergreen content, it's still, it's not time bound to a specific event. So, which means what, you know, what it contained is expired. Why isn't that in rotation? Um, You know, the shelf life of a tweet is less than 15 minutes. So that means I can tweet more times per day, more days per week, and I can actually repeat the content. And the same thing with, um, you know, the, the way we consume content on, on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and what have you. Um, again, this is why if we have variations of our content still based on the same core asset, it gives me the freedom to kind of keep things uh, in rotation. Because, I mean, <laughs> content is the beast that must be fed. So if, if I can make life easier... Uh, and get away from this you know, one and done, organizations simply have to go look at their Google Analytics and see how much web traffic uh, is coming from social uh, or just in general. And like, oh, you know, all the different players that are involved in writing that corporate article that then they share you know, once across all their social channels and they get three people to read it. And you kind of go, well, how much time and energy was uh, spent to write it, publish it, distribute it, and that's the result and no one's held accountable for it versus, okay, that's, you know, part of our content planning. And here's what, here's all the other things we're going to do around it. And suddenly we see this exponential spike in uh, visitor traffic. And as well, even if nobody visit or the same number of people visit the blog, but I see that all this peripheral engagement from the resulting different disparate pieces of content I created around that blog then suddenly, oh, okay, I have to look at this more holistically about the value I derive from from that effort. Speaking about content, what would be the biggest or maybe most common content marketing mistake that you see nowadays? Um, Well, as we talked about earlier, many are still in in the mode of uh, written content. You know, and I say this as someone who's written a book, but um, I'm treating the book as a foundational asset. Uh, and there will be content surrounding it. They're supporting resources and so on. And, and um, but as well, like the fact is it's a book, it's long form content, but there will be some video content and, and things like that surrounding it. But 
too many organizations are still, you know, too reliant on written content. And I'm not here to like dump on blogs because I've, I've written numerous blogs uh, and we still produce that kind of content for clients. But the key is not to stop there. Don't rely solely on that as your, I'll call it your primary form of content. Um, just and because, simply because the trends are already there. Cisco's predicting in 2022, by the end of this year, you know, 80% of content will be video. That's a, like a sizable percentage. Look no further than TikTok. It's solely driven by video. Not predominantly user-generated, mind you, but... And that, that's the other thing is uh, uh, the, the mistake being made by brands, and it's highlighted by TikTok, is the too much reliance on highly produced content. You have the likes of a corporate account from LinkedIn, as an example, on TikTok, where it is one of their junior employees or interns wearing a LinkedIn t-shirt sitting on their couch in their own home, recording a video on their phone that ends up on the LinkedIn corporate account. And you kind of go, well, that's, I don't know how much more lower in production value you could get. And it's perfectly okay for that to happen. And I think that's hard for some, you know, major brands and or and agencies that support them. Oh, geez, where, where do I add my value? And you kind of go, you know what, you know, I I have a degree in film production, and the equipment we use to produce films and and videos, you know, an entire building of an editing suite and so on, and now all of that is available on my phone, in the palm of my hand. So organizations and brands just need to be a little more relaxed and um, there's an expression just ship it that people will forgive production value for immediacy and access and you know i can shoot something on my phone and have it live within an hour versus shooting something going through all this process and then uh, you know weeks later it gets you know published and I, i may have missed my window yeah but i think sometimes brands might be afraid of this like quick production and shipping it because it might give more room to like some kind of a controversial statement or misunderstanding in communication where you say something and then people interpret it uh, another way well um to your point i i think if you're producing content of a lower production value that's and i don't say that it's not meant in in an insulting way or disrespectfully it just means you know you're less fussy Um, but that doesn't mean it's not an excuse to not be conscious of what you are producing or like what's in it what's the message what's being said what's being depicted etc to your point about i might have relaxed production value but i'm not relaxing my oversight of my brand two separate issues there and to your point about sentiment Uh, and this goes back, you know, you know this is directly in uh, Awario's wheelhouse, is when we do social media listening um, and we're tracking sentiment, we have to, you know, do a deep dive and look at what's being said. Is it, um, is the, the issue truly a sentiment issue? So, for example, we were doing some social media listening with your solution. Someone Uh, a company was referred to as the, the best kept secret. And the word secret triggered a negative sentiment. And, you know, thankfully your solution uh, can learn, be taught so you can change the sentiment. But the thing is, when it comes to sentiment and social media listening, you do have to look, you know, um, 
do some more granular analysis and look at in, in proper context, is this truly a sentiment issue? And, and if it's not great, you can you know, make it neutral or positive. But then if you are seeing a, a trend or some consistent commentary that is trending in negative uh, sentiment is to look at, it's not what so much as what's being said, like that's the first, I'll call it red flag or signs of something, um, some issue is afoot. But then it's what is the systemic issue, underlying issue that might be causing that negative sentiment? So if I'm, you know, a, I'm a telecom company and people are complaining about an outage uh, or my toll for the, the customer uh, support phone line is, you know, has ridiculous long uh, uh, wait times, um, those sorts of things. What are, are the underlying issues that might be causing that negative sentiment? Is it, a, I'm tr- oh, I'm trying to register for a webinar on my, my website or I'm in e-commerce and, and uh, the, the website's crashing because we've released a new product and um, nobody, you know, like the, the website's overwhelmed and people can't make the purchase or like I'm, I'm Live Nation selling tickets and the tickets sold out in, for a particular concert, sold out in 10 minutes, leaving thousands of people disappointed, that kind of thing. So it's really like, I call it peeling the onion, looking at uh, what negative sentiment um, like posts have been accumulated and then starting to sift through them. You know, what is truly negative? What do we, what sense of why that they might be deemed negative is happening? And, and I call it, you know, sifting through to get the actionable insight. I also wanted to ask you about the nature of social media. On one side, there are principles that are always relevant for social media, like you mentioned, being human, being transparent, being genuine, or like things you talk about in your book, how to communicate between different departments, uh, from social media departments to like HR, how to establish these policies. But then on the technical side, Social media is always developing. There are constantly new features and also the content constantly changes, like the memes, the jokes, the trends. And I wanted to ask you, is it possible to stay in the know all the time? Well, it's, uh, I'll be the first one to say it's challenging to stay on top of everything. I mean, I might be unique in that I'm just naturally curious. I'm a bit of an information junkie. And plus, because of my teaching uh, and because of the work that we do with clients, I'm, I have to stay on top as best I can. But again, I, I do give myself an out to say I can't know everything. I can't. Some things I have to come back to later. Um, but, you know, just... Um, I use an app called Flipboard that enables me to scan, you know, like different sources of content so I can stay abreast of like, oh, there's a new announcement from Instagram or the, this, cha- this change on the Facebook platform or, or what have you. But I mean, you know, I, I was on Twitter uh, in, you know, I've been on Twitter for 14 years as an example. I've watched that platform change dramatically. And every time someone says Twitter is over, that's the channel that everyone goes to because it's real time news. I give that as an example. TikTok is five years old. It is now the most downloaded app. Like, I don't know what the next new bright, new shiny thing is. Clubhouse was really hot a year and a half ago. Not so much anymore. And so you have to be careful of, okay, I need to be aware of something that's emerging, but I don't necessarily have to say, okay, we need to establish a presence there. Um, be mindful of something that's emerging Pay attention to it. See whether or not it's relevant to the audience that you want to serve. It may not be. 
And so it goes back to something that I mentioned in the book about the be careful of the bright, bright, shiny syndrome. Oh, that, oh, there's that really new app, cool new app or that cool new platform. Yeah, check it out. But don't feel that you have to establish a base camp there necessarily because you have to be careful. You don't want to be a mile wide and a, f- a foot deep on 10 different platforms when, you know, if you really took a step back and examined everything, like, oh, you know what? 90 plus percent of our audience is on three platforms, whatever those three might be. So it's just about being uh, mindful, um, you know, patient and diligent uh, because you, you can be on 10 platforms, but every platform you establish yourself on has to be resourced with people and content. And you may just get put yourself to the point of just unsustainable if you're on too many and having to produce content for so many. Thank you. Okay, now I have some quick fun questions yep. for the end. What's the first website you open in the morning? Well, usually it's email. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but in terms of content, um, I'm it's usually I open Flipboard. And again, it's pulling in from disparate sources. Well, and, and so I, I flip back and forth between Flipboard and, and Twitter. And Flipboard, I can I can look at Twitter through Flipboard. And I can save articles to pocket and things like that. So uh, Flipboard's a great way to consume Twitter, especially on an iPad. Yeah, the next question is, who should you follow on social media to learn social media marketing? Uh, follow hashtags like content marketing, you'll find players, um, you know, follow Content Marketing Institute, Social Media Examiner, Social Media Today, uh, Social Media Explorer, Marketing Profs. Those are um, Convince and Convert, uh, Top Rank Marketing. Um, those are some good places to start. Follow Awario. Um, um, like, like in, uh, I'm, I'm not being facetious, many of the technology companies in social You're, you're doing, and we do it as Volterra as well, we share a lot of content that isn't our own, isn't authored by us, but is valuable to our target audience. We're trying to be a resource, to be helpful, to educate, um, and indirectly that promotes our brand and, and suggests that we might be a viable or attractive service provider. Um, but it, it goes back to the underlying you know, philosophy of social, which is to, to be social, to be helpful, uh, to be a resource, and to kind of pay it forward through content. Next question. Uh, what would you choose? Instagram Reels or TikTok? Uh, hand, hands down, TikTok. Form content or short form content? Well, it's funny because you're seeing content in both camps. You're seeing people like look at 250 words uh, and, you know, like, so I can get a quick snapshot. Um, but it's kind of, they work hand in hand in that the short form is to serve the long form. Um, and you are like, look at, whether you love them or hate them, look at Joe Rogan, you know, three hour podcasts. Meanwhile, you can have the marketing school from Neil Patel. That's a six minute episode, but When we do analysis on content through like something like BuzzSumo, a thousand words and up are the pieces of content from a written form point of view that gets the most engagement. So I think people are appreciative of more substantive content uh, where there's research, um, it's ro- robust with data, um, that kind of thing. So that's what I think is worth considering. Um, and that means you don't have to, you know, you don't have to write a thousand words a day. You can produce fewer pieces of content, but more substantive. And I think there'll be some appreciation from your audience for doing so. Okay. And finally, where can our followers and users find your book? 
and you may be on social media where you share your expertise where should they keep an eye on you so uh, uh i'm a jenkins on twitter uh they can find me on linkedin uh, my corporate website is volterradigital.com um there's a link uh for my book there but you can find my book on amazon or kogan k-o-g-a-n-page.com um and you know uh Volterra Digital is on social as well. So take your pick. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Awario Marketing Talk. Hit the subscribe button if you are new to our talks. If you are a long-term listener, do not forget to like, comment, and share. Leave the questions down below if you want us to cover some specific topic. Stay tuned for our updates.